0: Praise the Lord. Well, this morning I want you to listen very carefully because you're probably assuming I'm going to be in Revelation, which was my plan, but the boss man, the Lord Jesus Christ, changed my message. And boy, I couldn't sleep last night, which is a good thing to put this together. It's just been marinated. Boy, I'm fired up. Boy, you seen the spring of my step but bouncing up from that chair to share this message this morning. So I'm going to tell you right now, you better buckle your seatbelts. I was in a service one time and I told him, I said, you better buckle your safety belts. And somebody, a little boy in the service, he went, oh, and, you know, he went, it kind of dawned on him and he grabbed over, reached, he went, zip, zip, click. I was like, man, I like it, I like him. So fasten your safety belts, here we go. Turn to Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. I had a sermon prepared in Revelation, which we'll pick up that in chapter 16 later when the Lord permits and allows. But for right now, this is where we are, Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. I want you to look at it. This is the key to the book that unlocks the entire book, the key verse to the book of Joshua. And I want to look at it. I want you to think about, hey, it's a new year. It's 2020. It's a new year. God's given you a clean slate. And I trust that you will use it as much as you can, God's given you a new year, new, new life in Christ, given you a wonderful year that you just wipe the slate clean and you can start all over again. One of the greatest statements that changed my life was a statement that said, the Christian life is a series of new beginnings. <laughs> Fall on your face, get up, brush yourself off, and start all over again. So we get to start all over again. You say, how many times do you start all over again? Well, about every chance they get. But we're going to start all over again. So I trust you have some goals in, that you have in your life. And here in the book of Joshua, they had a goal. They had a land, the promised land. It was the goal, the land of victorious Christian living. And as you, if you was to fast forward, you eventually find that they accomplished their goal that they had and they reached the land of Canaan the land flowing with milk and honey, and they accomplished the goal that God had for them. Now, God wasn't going to bring the land of Canaan to them and drop it off in their lap. No, they had to go after it because it was the promised land. Look at Joshua 1.8. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt do what? Meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now we stop for emphasis. That's the first part of the verse. You are not going to get the last part unless you do the first part. For then, for then, after you've done three things, then, we're going to have three more things, (laughs) for then thou shalt make. Thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you want to be successful? The answer of how to be successful is found, get you guessed it, in the Word of God. And if you take the entire Word of God, 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, 66 total, and you look for the Word, go check behind me and make sure I'm right, you're only going to find the word success one time in the entire Word of God, and you're going to find it, you just found it in Joshua 1.8. So how am I going to be successful? I'm going to show you this morning how to be successful according to the Bible. The answers to any question that, any, that man has, any problem that mankind has, any difficulty that mankind has, the answer to that problem, to that situation, to that crisis, to that area of their life is found right here in this book, the Word of God. There is no problem that you have, no difficulty, nothing in your life that you could not find a passage, chapter, verse, somewhere within this book right here, the Bible, the Word of God, that would have the answer for you to be successful in your life. Let me say this, that we all ought to have goals. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I think sometimes maybe our goals are a little off. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. Right here in the book of Joshua, what was the goal? What was the one thing that they could obtain that when they obtained it, they could say, look, I am successful wasn't money, wasn't prosperity, so to speak, as as far as material things and money, you know what it was? It was a land. It was the Promised Land. So when they crossed over Jordan and they walked in and they got the enemy out, the Hittites <laughs> and, and the Midian, uh, uh, Midianites or all the other uh, nights, mosquito bites all those, drived all the enemies out and they had the land there and Caleb at 80 years of age could stand there at the mountain that he had been promised because he was one of the two pops of spies, the only people, the only two people out of two million that left the uh, Egypt's land that made it from the journey. They said, I was in Egypt's bondage. I crossed the Red Sea. I wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and I crossed Jordan. I fought the battle of Jericho. (laughs) Amen. And fought the battles, drove the enemy out the only two people that could say they could do that, out two million people that made it the entire way was Joshua and Caleb, and they were two positive spies. I want you to think about that for about 200 years. I'm going to tell you, there's something to that. Negative, Nancy. Amen. The goal, but what was the goal? The goal was the land of Canaan. Caleb and Joshua stood in the land of Canaan, and they could say, I've accomplished Everything in this life that God has given me, I have (laughs) squeezed every juice out of every arena of my life that God said, if you go after it, I've promised it to you that you can have it. And he said, I am successful according to the word of God and I have been given the promise of God. I liked old Caleb. Boy, he had some grit to him, had some fire to him, had some vigor to him had some vitality to him. He was 80 years old. He was 40 years old when they sent him out as a spy. And he came back, and they believed the majority of the negative Nancys, the other negative spies, and the majority rules, unfortunately, sometimes. And they said, we're not going to go. We can't go in the land. Too, too hard, too difficult. But then Caleb says, "Wait a minute! God promised us that we could have it. He's already all we got to do is just go in and get it." The positive people said, "Hey, look! They got grapes the size of watermelons over there in the land of Canaan." But the other ones came back and says, "Boy, they got giants. We can't do it. It's too hard. We're like little bitty grasshoppers in their sight, and it's too hard. It's too difficult. Don't give me the people that see the grasshoppers. Give me some people that see some grapes." So I trust you have some goals. Well, let me tell you this morning. You say, what is, what is the ultimate goal that we ought to have? I'm going to tell you what it is. You're, the goal that we're trying to reach is God. God is the goal. God is the goal because the land of Canaan represents the land of victorious Christian living. That you, you could say in your life, hey, you may not have a million dollars in the bank, and you might not have the measure of health and be the healthiest person on the face of the earth, But at the end of your journey that you've done and got the promise of God, you can sit there and rest in the peace that you have fulfilled the will of God for your life and you can say at that point in time and only then that I have been successful. So I trust you got some fitness goals, some health goals. I trust you got some financial goals. Hey, you ought to have some spiritual goals. Perhaps your spiritual goals, it ought to be realistic You might say, hey, this year I'd just like to read the entire book of the Revelation. You say, I'd read the whole entire book of the Bible, but I'm going to tell you something. I would rather for you to read and take the whole year and read the book of the Revelation than plan to read the entire Word of God and do nothing. Maybe you want to say, I took one year and said, hey, I'm going to study the Old Testament minor prophets. I accomplished my goal. One time I said, I'm going to read the entire New Testament on my 15-minute lunch break at work. I accomplished that goal. Maybe you say, I'm just going to study one verse a day so the fact I can understand it. It would be better than reading three or four chapters of begots and begets and not understand the thing you read. What about you got some relationship goals or some career goals? Now, I want, I want to stop right here for a minute and just really throw this out there. We ought to have some church goals now the average, now, now here, tighten that safety belt, we're, we're going to take a ride. It's going to get a little bumpy, but hang with me. If you ask the average person, it drives me absolutely bonkers when you, when you ask the average church. If you was going to church and say, what do you want? Your pastor goes in and says, I'm going to come help you. What is the one thing that I can do for you? I guarantee you, I've heard it a thousand times, they're going to say, I want my church to... Grow. You're not specific enough. Because I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) Mold grows. Cancer grows. And I'm going to tell you those things are not good. What do you want to grow? But really, I want you to tell me, don't, and out there, those listening live, I'm telling you right now, what do we really mean when we say we want our church to grow? Tell me. Numbers. 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 Yeah, that's where we're going. We say we want, we want more nickels and noses in the pews, right? We want to say, hey, I run 100, or I run 150, or I run 200, or I run 300. But let me tell you this right here. I run across these statistics this week that said, I want you to really think about this for a moment. 40%, so we're talking about percentage, so we have to reach 100%. So 40% of all churches across America, whoosh, Across the line, all denominations, all churches. 40% of all churches maintain a regular Sunday morning attendance of 80 to 100. 40%. 40%. On top of that, 50% of all churches across the board in America, average Sunday morning attendance is between 100 and 350. And then for the rest of that, that makes up 90%. 90% of all churches in America run between 80 and 350. And only a small percentage, well, I'm not getting those, only a small percentage makes up mega, what we call mega churches. Mega churches. We'll we focus on, hey, we want, we want more numerically. Hey, I do want that. That is the goal. We had a goal a couple weeks ago. We met it. We said we'll have 150 in, uh, in church service, 100, 150 people, and we, we met that goal by the grace of God, and we thank the Lord for it. But, hey, there, there are some other things you ought to be striving for which we ought to be growing spiritually. We ought to be growing in our prayer life. We ought to be uh, growing in our devotional life and building the quality of what we already have here. And you make up, you already make up 90% of all churches in America, 90%. So that's not the only determining factor of success. But here's the thing. Statistically and the mindset that we have, is that is the main thing in our minds that we think is the most important because the first question I get asked when I pass, they say, where do you pastor? The next when I tell them the next question that I hear in the community and by other pastors, the first thing they, the next thing they say after we're introduced, and they find out what church I am, you guess it, they say, About how many do you run on Sunday morning? Because that's the that's the Lipman's test, right? That's the most important, right? Hello? Aren't we having a good time? All right. Now we're really going to get into it. That was just a little introduction. All right. We're going to look at a couple things about success. I just want you to think a little different about success. The world, you're not going to be graded on the grading scale of what the world considers success at the judgment. Let me say it again. God does not grade on the same scale when it comes to success as the world considers success. God will not judge me one day on the numerical value of the churches that I have pastored. No, I will be judged on the very motive that I preached this message this morning and in the quality and the study and the fervor that I preached it in. God has a different grading scale than what the world does. It's the only time. Now, now he, the word success, they only found one time in all, the entire word of God means to be successful. Now listen, I want to slow down for emphasis. It means to be successful, and then a little parentheses in the definition, in carrying on anything. To be successful in carrying on anything. To act prosperously. To be successful in anything. Well, I'm going to show you this morning Real quick, it's found here. It's not in my words, but if we found the word of God, we're gonna find it in one verse. This is what the Lord gave me last night about one o'clock. I was so excited. <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep. Toss and turn. I said, I can't get this off my of mind. Listen. Number one, there is the plan. We're gonna look at a plan. You've got to have some goals. I'll show you that in a minute. Number two, the next word that starts with the M in that verse is it says, Shall not depart out of thy what, church? Your mouth. That's the second part. The third part, but thou shalt, there's the word with the M, meditate. And then, after that, it says that thou, there's another M, mayest. We're going to see may. There's some things that we're going to have to do, right? And then we get on to the next one that says, for then thou shalt do what? Make. We're going to talk about that. Thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success, which I've named that one Miracle. All right, let's just jump right into it. Number one, if you're going to be successful and you're going to reach the land of victorious Christian living, that you can say in your life, I'm successful, and I've got life, I'm on top of life. Life's not dumped on me, right? Number one, you got to have that map. You're going to have to have the map. This is the plan that you're going to have to have. It's going to have to be the goals that you have in your life. Now let me give you the answer. You've heard it a thousand times before. Look at the first two words in, in that verse. This book. This book. This book. What? What is he talking about? Listen. It is the word of God. This book. This book. The plan. The objective. The goals. This book. Which that word, you got to think about something. This word back here in the Old Testament. They don't have the New Testament. They don't have the book of Psalms. They don't have Proverbs, Solomon, the, <laughs> the Song of Solomon. They don't have Ecclesiastes. Don't have the minor prophets yet. Don't have the major prophets yet. Don't have the book of Revelation yet. But they reached their goal. This book. All they had was the Pentateuch, the law. The first five books the bible listen they accomplished what all God wanted in their life we've got 66 books cut the completed amen completed completed word of god 66 books don't tell me it can't be done and they done it with five books this book this book the bible the document the writing the letter of instruction is referring to the legal document, the, the deed of purchase, the scroll, book of prophecies, hey, the genealogical records, the law book, the book of poems, Kings, the record of God. This book, this book, folks. And I'm not against other books. I listen to other books. I read other books besides the Bible. I read, I have this on my phone, this uh, on my uh, iPhone, I have uh, this Audible. So sometimes when I'm walk, walking or whatever or going down the road, doing nothing besides driving safely, that I will listen to another book, maybe a motivational book, a book about health, something like that, or something else I'm interested in. All right? Some of y'all looking at me like, Preacher, you, ju- you just don't read the Bible constantly all the time. Well, I read the Bible, yes, but you can read other books, too. Y'all doing all right this morning? All right. Look, but... I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. And they've helped me reach some of my goals and be successful. I'm not taking away from that, but I'm going to tell you, this book. It's this book. So what I'm going to tell you to do is someone asked me a while back, well, I've had several people ask me. They said, tell me, preacher, how, and even this week, a uh, pastor. He said, how, are you, how have you been so successful in, in a short amount of time in your life? I said, well, I got to thinking about it and I said, well, uh, what really what I've done is, uh, uh, now this is, go- this is a revolutionary concept. It, it's gonna seem so simple that you're gonna say, Psh, that's it, you're not, you're not even gonna listen anymore. I wrote it down. I took a pencil. Now I didn't take a pen. Because <laughs> I read a statement one time that says, the, the guy who invented the eraser on the pencil pretty much had life figured out. Think about that. I wrote it in a pencil. And I said, which I wrote this uh, sermon in a pencil. <laughs> Write it down. Your goals. I wrote them down, and I said, Lord, I want you to help me accomplish my goals. You know how we've been able to accomplish things here at Faith Baptist. Of course, it's through the Lord. It's the Lord. The Lord gives increase, but I got to do what's on. I got to do. Hey, right here, what's on my end. Is I can take you down to my book bag in my office, and I have a calendar, and at the end of every month, I wrote down, I said, I want to accomplish this by the end of the month. I want to accomplish this goal for the church by the end of the year. And guess what? We've reached those goals. I wrote it down. We'll get to that here in a little bit. It says, of the law. Uh, This book, of the law, the codes of law, direction, instructions, and so forth, is that we write it down and then we look at it every day, and then we face the challenges that we have before, us. So there's going to be challenges. And then we, and then I thought about it most of the time. And, I, and then lastly, I asked God to help me to achieve it and accomplish it in every step of the day. All right? Now <clears throat> so you're going to have to have a map. If you're going to be successful in your life, what are you battling with right now? You battling with drugs? battle with alcohol, battle in a relationship, you're, you're in your life, and you say, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I'm going to tell you the answer, the answer, the ultimate answer for that problem that you have is right here. This book, this book. Now let's look at the second one. It says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. That's the second thing It's important. The Bible says, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. Ephesians 4, 29, Colossians 3, 8. So there's something to that. Let me ask you. What do you talk about? What do you talk about? James 3, 10 says, out of the same mouth proceedings blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. What do you talk about? Do you go around and say, "Boy, I sure wish I could get a hold of my life and get ahead in life," and "Boy, I sure wish God do something in my life." Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off on a rabbit trail right here, and I'm going to lay down a track, of foundation here, and I'm going to just I'm going to plow me out of ground. All right, just give me a second. I, I'll run it by the pastor, and he said it was okay. All right, this drives me absolute crazy. Is People say, well, preacher, in my life, I just want, I just want, I just want God, you know, God work miracles. I just want supernatural. I just want extraordinary. I want I want to see the impossible. And I want to look at them and say, I do too, but let me tell you something. You haven't even done what is possible. Don't look for the miracles of God and don't look for the blessing of God, and don't look for the supernatural and the extraordinary and the impossible. When you're not doing it, don't look for the supernatural when you won't do the natural. And don't look for the extraordinary when you won't even do the ordinary. And don't look for the impossible when you won't even do what's possible. I'm going to tell you what to dynamically change our churches and dynamically change this church. I know I'm preaching to the choir. That's the reason I tell you to put on the seatbelt. If people that comprise Faith Baptist Church and all the other local churches Martins Martinsville, Henry County and the nation would simply do one thing. Get yourself to the house of God. Come to church. Amen. Well, preacher, I want God to work a miracle. Did You go to church Sunday. No, I didn't go to church Sunday. I want God to work the impossible in my life. To you read your Bible this week? I want God to work a miracle at church Sunday. Did you pray for the service? They won't even do what's possible. I'm going to tell you, before you look for the impossible and God's the God of miracles, don't get me wrong, but don't go around looking for that all the time when you haven't even done what you're supposed to do. Or I am not should not look for it. I'll put myself on the line and say, David Toler should not expect it when I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. God says, I'm to be the house of God. I'm I'm to pray and I'm to read the Word of God and meditate upon the Word of God and live according to this book, and the law of this book, and then, then, then God will work miracles in this church. God will work miracles in your life. God will work miracles in my life. But don't go out and just say, well, I just pray you, uh, God will work a miracle. T- Let me give you some realistic things that you ought to think about. And it won't cost you any extra. Do I still have a job? <laughs> All right, just checking. Listen. Let's be realistic. Sometimes people are so super-duper spiritual, it drives me nuts. They're sitting around, and you know what they're doing? They're waiting to win the lottery. They're playing the poor man tax. You know what the lottery is? Poor man tax. How y'all doing? Poor man tax. Go ahead and pay that poor man tax. All right? But listen, y'all still with me? Listen, when I, I didn't pray when I woke up. I woke up Friday. I've been, I have been in the hospitals or teaching Bible college or in church every night this week. I have run all this week. And when that alarm went off Friday morning at 545, I thought to myself, that can't be right. There ain't no way it's 545. And I laid there. I said, I would do anything to just lay here a little bit longer. Well, I could sit there and pray, Lord, I'm just going to lay here today, and I just pray that somebody knock on my door and give me a million dollars. I didn't pray that because that's a waste of time. You know what I prayed? I prayed a realistic prayer. Lord, by the power of God and McCafe Black Coffee, may I get up. Out of this bed and go to work. Give me the strength and the vigor and the vitality to get up and go to work. And I'm telling you, I found out if you go to work about at the end of every week or end of every two weeks or end of the month, they give you a check. I love it. Revolutionary concept. Miracles start to happen, goals start being accomplished. <laughs> All right, so mouth, what do you talk about? If you have some goals and things in your life, let me give you a warning. People will make fun of you. Go out there in the world and tell them you want to be a better Christian. Tell them you're going to read more of your Bible. Tell them you're going to exercise. Tell them you're going to eat more healthy. Tell them you're going to get out of debt. Tell them you're going to do do some things in your life and make something of yourself. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, and you tell me if I'm wrong, they will make fun of you. They're going to say, you're not going to stick with it. I tried it one time, and it didn't work out. Well, we're still talking about the mouth. What do you talk about? You know what most people do? They talk about their problems. They talk about their difficulties. They talk about the crisis. They talk about how bad they have it. They talk about how rough it is. They talk about how everybody, nobody loves them. They just talk about negativity all the time. They wonder why the life's in shambles. They don't have anything. Well, we ought to be talking about some things God can do. Amen. You get what you think about most of the time. You say, "Prove it out of the Bible." I'm glad you ask. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm really glad you ask. As a man thinketh, so is he. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Need I go on? All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do. Move on. All right. The third one is meditate. First, you got to have a plan. Next, your mouth. What do you talk about? Most of the time, you talk about your problems. You talk about this, that, and other. Or do you talk about what the Lord can do? Third is meditate. Now, you, this one's good. Listen, I know we're running out of time, but it means to moan, to growl, to utter, to muse, to mutter, to meditate, devise, plot, speak, mutter, utter. But anyway, let me ask you a question: Do you talk to yourself? Sure you do sure you do you have an internal dialogue hey this week listen I'm gonna throw something out there and I hope you see the value of this I'm so fired up this week it's not by accident I said well this old big preacher <laughs> needs to lose some weight don't say amen right there praise God no I'm picking I'm picking I get on the scale every day The scale is like the mirror. It's brutally honest. But the facts are the facts are the facts are the facts. And I said, I need to get back to walking. And I said, I'm going to walk 30 minutes a day. And I just fuss at myself every day. David, walk 30 minutes a day. You know how hard that is? Walk 30 minutes a day. Because sometimes it rains. And sometimes it's cold. Especially in January. Sometimes. Not today. I'm going walking today. But here's the thing. I was walking around Jack Dalton Park and I didn't have my headphones, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm just walking around here, like looking at the grass, the trees, and I thought, you know, I need something to do here. And I thought, well, how about I pray? Yes. Just a thought, right? I said, I'm gonna pray. So I started see I know each and every one of you by name. Now I may not can recall it if you put me on the spot. And I know where you sit, because you pretty much sit in the same place every Sunday, right? And I went in my mind's eye, and I said, Maxine Hall, right here. We've got the other Maxine that sits beside her sometimes. Over here, we've got Hilda and Herb, right? But Jerry, Mary, Dreama, Kenny. <laughs> you see? That? And I went through my mind's eye, and I called each and every one of your names and your families and the shut-ins in prayer and if you had a specific one like brother ralph his daughter i i've walked three times this week i prayed for regina stone and i'm gonna pray for her again today i'm going to walking so when you walk out the door today don't give me a lot of commentary right but tell me say preacher when you go walking today would you remember this in prayer i'm having this going in my life or just say i got a special prayer request and listen I will, will, and if you're listening by Facebook, if you have a request, hey, put it in the comments, and I will, will, by the grace of God, today go walking, if it's the last thing I do, and I'm going to pray for you. Why don't you come with me? But on that last lap, no talking, we're praying. Last night, Raymond walked with me. We walked in the gym. Just in circles. Well, actually squares. And I said, we're going to talk, we're going to solve the world's problems, but on a couple last laps, on the last five, ten minutes, we're going to be quiet, we're going to pray. You say, how in words you walk and pray at the same time? You don't have to bow your heads and close your eyes and kneel. We're talking about that meditation, internal dialogue. I could be praying right now, and I'm preaching. Can you walk and chew gum at the same time? I can. You pray, knock out two birds, one stone, all right? It means what uh, meditate means to speak to oneself, murmuring and in a low voice. People say, "I don't talk to myself." You ever seen somebody? You go up to them and says, "Like on a job, I've been a supervisor. I said, if you don't mind, could you go out and uh, you know get these couple pallets for me and bring them over here?" And they say, "Well, I don't know about all that." Talking to themselves. Hey, uh, you know, here at the church, can you help me a little bit? You know, I, I was wondering if you could come. We're going to have a work day. Well, I don't know about all that. You might get somebody. You to get me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> talking to yourself? You ever run across. Hey, I'm going to tell you somebody that thought somebody was absolutely crazy is Eli. He should have had some spiritual insights. Got Hannah in there. And she's in the, she's in the temple talking to herself. He said, so What is this crazy lady in here? And she's talking to herself. She wasn't talking to herself. Talking to God. She was praying. She wasn't crazy or a loon or anything else. She was praying. When you come up here and you kneel at the altar and you pray, you can pray two ways. You can pray out loud. But most people pray on the inside. Meditate. Now, the Word of God, if you look through here, prove me if I'm wrong, I'm fast forward a little bit. I'm well aware of the time. This Word of God right here, nowhere if you read in here, and I can explain this more in another setting, but we say read the Bible, read the Bible. I'm going to take it a step further. The Bible actually says, maybe it's not so much to read it. You're not going to say it says read the Word of God. It actually goes, check me and see if I'm wrong. It's going to say meditate. Reading and meditating, not the same thing. You got on the road, and, and when you go home here in a minute, notice how I put that. Oh, I should have said in about a couple minutes. No, but listen, when you go, when you're on your way home here shortly, in preacher terms, no, when you go home here shortly, you're gonna pass road a lot of uh, speed limit signs and road signs, and you're gonna read them. You're gonna see them, but you're not gonna think anymore more about them. You say, preacher, I've been reading the Bible, and I ain't not getting anywhere. You're not meditating on it. You're just reading it. You're just reading it. You're reading it like the newspaper. You're reading it like it's some kind of road sign or something. When you need to read it and meditate it and spend some time on it and, and draw and, and chew the cud, so to speak, on it, all right? Now, when you do all those things, you'll get the last three things, which I've run out of time to show you the three things you're going to get. I showed you the three ways to get there. But now, I've run out of time, and so I have to divide it in two parts, and I'll share the last part tonight. You see what I've done there? Preacher, you're trying to get me to come back? Sue me. <laughs> if it's the worst thing I ever do, sue me. All right? Well, I'll share the last part of that again tonight, but I'm hoping and praying that there's some people in here. Listen, if you're on drugs, if you're on alcohol, if you're... Discourage. If you're just in your life and you're doing everything you're, you feel like you need to be doing, you're, you're trying to pay your bills, hey, if you're trying to get out of debt, hey, listen, you're trying to get better, stable financially. You're trying to get some relationships repaired in your life. And you say, this year in 2020, I'd like to accomplish those things. I'd like to see God move in my life. Then you're going to have to get fired up. And you're going to have to quit saying you can't do it and start saying, hey, that's right, you can't, but God can Can God build a table in the wilderness? Let's flip that around. God can. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we can ask or think. So whatever you can come up with, your best solution and answer that you think is so impossible to fix, God says, boy, I could do far above what you're asking. Is that all? That's all you're asking for, because I can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything you can even ask or even tangibly think about. Amen. So with those things in mind, let's stand, and the, you already know the invitation. So now you got to make a decision. You're going to respond to it. So if you're here today and you're battling, you got something in your life as a preacher. I'm just frustrated. I'm not getting anywhere. I want to be successful according to the Word of God. I'm not going to ask you raise your hand. I'm not, not going to do that today. I'm going to say, come.